Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello. How exciting to talk to you again. This is Helena Sterne Hornstein with Our Wondrous World. And this is a wondrous world. You know, I'm right now in Europe and I'm sitting at my desk and I'm looking out through the window and I look here to the right and I see the Baltic, the Baltic Sea. Not the whole sea, but I see part of it, and land and islands and so on. And I see a few sailboats out there too. It's a lovely day. Every day has been a lovely day, ever since I got here, more or less. And uh, we can really notice uh, global warming. I tell you, it's it's summer, and usually now, last day of August, it's kind of not summer like this. It hasn't been that way at least not when I lived in Sweden, but now every year it's a little warmer and warmer. So uh, still, the way we see it, just, you know, being in it, it's beautiful. It's really lovely. But, you know, when you come to a different country like this and you have been in another country for a long time, <laughs> what a culture shock. <laughs> the first days I was just like, Oh, what's going on? You know, news is different. News is different in Europe from, from the United States. Of course, the United States right now, you have an election coming up and everyone is fighting for, for a piece of the cake. But here now, what they're talking about is the climate. And you get all those reports in the news and in the papers What's happening to our world is so shocking. And we don't read that in the States. They don't see that to us. We just say, oh, they say, oh, global warming, and maybe it is, and maybe it isn't. Definitely. But here you have all the results. It's like you rob someone, and they're lying you know, on the ground with no money and being shot. And this is the same way it is here. You see the effects of it. It's shocking. It's there. And of course, people are panicking. And this is what I didn't see in the States. Well, I've noticed that Florida was hot, hot, hot. But uh, I didn't think about here's hotter too. But here in the cold climate, it's actually quite agreeable. So uh, that is what we are seeing, the difference very much between Europe and, and the States. You know, the news in the paper is different. And uh, But one thing, again, talking about climate and preserving nature, it's like the newspaper here, and I get it coming to me at the door. And I love it in the morning. I can sit there in my sunny bedroom and just read the paper. And now on Saturdays, it's a little thicker still. And I counted the pages, 125 pages. You know, a good size, not the old-fashioned size, but, you know, like a newspaper size. And the good quality of the paper and all the printed color and everything else. That must do something. And then there's also beautiful color supplement, you know, like a weekend magazine. Beautiful, high-quality paper, very heavy, glossy paper. And this is in the country where they say they care about the environment, you, have, you print all that paper. How many trees did we lose with that? 
So uh, I'm thinking about these things all the time, and I cannot help it. It's just part of of, uh, of the climate, what's going on. So it's lovely to be here, though. I love to be back in Europe. And I must say, I thank my lucky star that I can travel like this. And I thank my good health and my freedom. And I think we forget that at times. Do you remember your good health? Do you remember and think about your freedom? And be grateful because once you're grateful for something, you get more of that. There's something you should remember. Once you're grateful for something and you really send out that gratitude to the universe, you get more of it, more and more. And I am grateful that I've had this coming to me. So thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Anyway, uh, I um, just um, come to think about something, and I hope America and other countries are not going to do the same. What Sweden is doing, they're getting rid of cash. And it's shocking. I, the first day I was here, you know, in Stockholm, you had beautiful bakeries. I mean, the best little rolls and bread and, and little pastries. God, it's so well done and so absolutely delicious. I have a weakness there. And then in the bakeries, you can also sit down and have your cup of coffee, which Swedes are crazy about. So I just wanted to have one roll and uh, one of my cardamom rolls, which I really love, and um, went in because I love the cardamom rolls. And I went in to the bakery and I just pointed at one delicious looking roll as I want that one. And um, then uh, I got my little paper bag. And now I had money in my hand and gave her that. And she said, oh, we don't pay cash. You have to give a credit card. You have to give a debit card. You have to give a card. And I said, just for this little thing? Yeah, she said, we don't do anything here. Here, let's put your card in there. And that was it. And this is the trend all over the country now. They don't want your money. And when you give money, it's like the they almost bite into it to see if it's real. And they have to see what value it is because they don't know. Young people don't know money anymore. <laughs> this, this is the society they're turning into. But do you realize one thing? That when you were small and you started to get your own allowance, you remember that? You got the little pocket money and you could earn the 25 cents and, and you save that and you kind of had a little budget what you wanted to have in the end for all your money. Well, that's gone now. You t- cannot give your kids any allowance anymore. Eventually, when they get older, they will get a card. And, of course, since they're making no money, Parents have to kind of make a transfer from their account electronically to this new card. So now the kids have a card. They have no idea about money. And this is kind of a little scary because 
I am of that opinion. If you don't have access to the money, you can only see it and only go to it electronically. It's not really yours. <laughs> well, it's mine, but I can only use it because I have a code for it. The strange thing is, crooks can steal that code. They can just sit and experiment against that, my code. I've had that happen. I've never been robbed in person, you know, by someone in the street or anywhere else. But I've been robbed online twice. And that has not been on cards that I've lost. These have been cards I have just kept in my pocket always, at all times. And even when the, at, the, when, at the time when it happened, I hadn't used those cards for a few weeks. So something is really odd, and that is what you see in, in Northern Europe, totally. So don't allow that to happen. Do you know what could happen to a country where everyone has money just electronically? Anyone, any kind of... Chinese or Russian kid who is really smart can kind of hack that and now own Sweden and all people in it and take over. This is the scary part. Or they can just say, oh, I can let them starve. I'm just going to block them for a while and see how that feels for them. (laughs) What can happen electronically is so without limit in so many ways. And I don't think those who plan this are kind of thought about that. I wonder. I wonder. You know. I wonder who is who has decided this to do this. Well, it's very, very convenient to have a card. I take card payments, you know, online from my clients. Of course, I do. Everyone else does. It's convenient. But this is when it's the only option for everything and everything at all. You cannot tip anyone. And talking about tip, and this is something that is in the United States. I had uh, someone who was working, had a lady who talked to me, and she said, you know, I got, I'm working in a restaurant, and I uh, am on minimum wage. And uh, that's the normal thing, and somehow in America, they want to keep that minimum wage down. I don't know why. And now, I didn't know that, but she said that now, since they are minimum wage and they get people signed for their tip included in that card payment, they deduct that from the minimum wage. So actually in the end, like she said, I got $200 yesterday, and they are now deducting that from my $20. Uh, you know, uh, in the end, I might not make any money at all because people don't know that when you want to tip someone, remember that everyone out there in America, I don't know how it is in other countries, but in America, when you tip someone and you want to show kindness to that person, do it the real way. Stick the money in their hand because otherwise they never get it. I know uh, in another restaurant, this was in Miami Beach, the waiters got that uh, that tip in their hand, but they had to put it in the big kitty. Now the owner of the restaurant, the owner of the restaurant's wife, they came and picked up 
cash when they needed it from that kitty that was for the staff for that good job. So there is an injustice out there that we don't know. But once you start to talk to everyone, you know the people up high and the people down, you know a little bit more what's going on. So start to communicate with people. And when you tip someone, ask them, say straight out, because they are probably not allowed to say even, oh, we don't really get this money. They cannot say, oh, you have to give it to me, you know, personally. And that's what you have to do. I'm going to do that from now on once I get back there. In Sweden, they don't really tip people much. But now what do they do? They don't understand cash, you know, yeah, so you get cash. And that's why when you pay with cash, everyone's so suspicious of you. What do you do? What do you mean you give us cash? Because what I notice when you give cash, you don't spend this much. You have control over your money. You know what you have. You can see it. So um, that is uh, what I wanted to say here. Of course, the difference also in Europe and, and America is incredibly big. I said, I think I told you, it was like a culture shock to just walk around and see how different everything is. Swedes are tall, they're beautiful people, and they're slender. And coming from America, yes, America, I love you very much, but, you know, there is a little weight problem there. Uh, and why is that? I think that Europeans eat a different way. We eat more organized, maybe. And I noticed Americans eat as they're walking and driving and doing things a lot. And that's not really, you know, doing much good for the body because I don't think the body will take on the nutrients as well. And that comes to the question that someone had here, and I see that. I, uh, oh, yes, Lori. Here, Lori. She doesn't say where she lives, but I think Lori lives in New York. Uh, and Lori, she says here, you are, and she puts a big U and a big R, you are so slender. I've seen you a few times. What diet do you follow? Huh, you know, and I go back to seeing those tall and slender Europeans, and, uh, and they're well-dressed, you know, all that. But anyway, they don't follow the diet. They eat when they're supposed to eat, I suppose. And one thing I would like to point out is in America, it's so fast. And I was thinking about this question when she, you know, what she wrote in. I was thinking back of a few friends. I was sitting with three or four friends in the restaurant. And um, uh, one of the ladies just had one little thing on her plate. And she said, oh, no, I won't eat that. That's too fattening. And it was... Uh, of the size of a lump of sugar. It wasn't sugar, it was a size of lump of sugar. I said, I, I won't eat that, that's too fattening. And I said, if you are worried about your weight, you shouldn't worry about this little thing that, because that looks pretty and, you know, tastes absolutely delicious, you could darn well eat that. But instead you eat so fast that you don't know you're done like in a couple of minutes and now to fill in that time you take bread 
and you finish the bread, and now you order more bread. And in the meantime, you also have about one, two, three glasses of wine. You have consumed like three times more than I in this meal, I said, because I sit there and eat slowly. And as you eat slowly, you don't need as much. You can eat half also, but, you know, that's boring. So it's much better. And when I pointed that out to her, she said, oh, I'm not going to change my lifestyle. And she's been complaining about diet for a long time. And it's very, very hard. God, it's so hard to be on the diet. And then she wanted to go uh, and uh, do workout. That's really hard, too. I don't do workouts, but I move around. as I sit at the desk, but I get up very quickly, very often. And I go out for walks. And I just move, and I take a few steps of dance. You know, I dance here and there in between. I just move around. I'm not saying that this is a great plan, but it works for me. And what I'm saying is maybe you, sh- you should find something that works for you. And uh, uh, going back to a few more uh, things. Oh, yes, with basics. What is the basics? And that's part of what I said this program was going to be. I talked about diet. Yes, but the basic foundation for who you are is, listen to this, you and I, we are part of nature. And we keep on forgetting it. Because we live so close in, far away from our origin. But if we started to realize that we are part of nature, we would understand a little bit better that if we kill nature around us, we are just slowly killing ourselves too. Because what are we then going to live from? You cannot eat money. You cannot cook. You might have water and you put money in it. That's not much of a soup. So I think you should really start to think about this, that we are nature. We are part of nature. I grew up so much around nature and within nature, and there's life out there in nature. Trees, you know, I have always said that trees talk to each other. Trees communicate. We communicate also the way we have been taught through the spoken word. We can communicate just as well through feelings and sending messages like animals do. And this is how I can communicate with my dogs and my pets because I pick up on their signals. Everything sends out signals. And once you're more sensitive to all this, you understand it more. You become more aware. And when do you become more aware? Again, this is the basic foundation of what we are. You become more aware when you realize these two things. You are part of nature and you are a spiritual being. That is being back the basics. Once you know your spiritual being and you practice being a spiritual being, it doesn't mean you should go around dressed in, in a long white gown and, and say I'm holy. No, that's not what it is. It's just 
realizing you live in a reality and you have to cope with it. You just have to live in a balance with nature, with spirit, and with yourself. We came here in a physical body for a good reason, to learn how to handle what we are, to handle that we are a part of nature, which means nature offers so many possibilities, so much help, so much prevention for sickness. We don't need to be that sick at all. If we lived according to the principles of nature, being in balance with nature, giving to nature what it needs, accepting from nature what it gives us, we would have a better and healthier life. We would be feeling well. I don't condemn medical treatment at all. We have accidents. There are times when you really need medical help. But this general thing that you have a waiting room with 20 people, the doctor can analyze, can find help for three or four of them. The rest is, oh, I don't feel good. What is it? Well, that sickness sits somewhere through your dimensional self. And it cannot be helped and cured through medication. I see that every day. That's why people are coming to me. So when people come to me, it's not a sickness that you can cure with medication. It's because of something else, because an off-balance within you. All sicknesses have occurred in you because of an off-balance, a bad balance within you between this and that, between the physical, the spiritual, or whatever it could be. So many things about us can cause a sickness in you. I work with this every day. Like memories, you can be played by memories. You can be played by images that have hooked onto you, bad images that hook onto you. That happens all the time. Or as I say, people are deceived. Someone who's lived with you before and loved you so much is hooking on to you and you start to notice how to live. All these things are energy works. One can do energy work out there. There is a cause for everything, but not necessarily a cause that you can cut out with a knife or a course that you can mask with some kind of medication. So when you are killing uh, nature, you are actually killing life. And when you are forming a relationship between you and nature, you are creating more life within you. And you know, nature keeps on recreating itself. It does. You see that all the time. If you go to one place in the forest and you go back to that place 10 years later, it looks different. It has new life. It's more. So nature keeps on recreating itself. And we do that, of course, too. But the way 
we seem to create, recreate ourselves is to kill nature. And that's not the meaning. That was never the meaning. Maybe that we will have to hit rock bottom and uh, uh, then from rock bottom start to build up a new world. And talking about that, I have another question that came from Heather, Heather in Miami. And she says, you never talk about our ascension into the fifth dimension. Why don't you? And I don't. <laughs> you know, it's like I would never speak about extraterrestrials before because my subject is complicated enough for people to understand. And this about the fifth dimension, for some people who are listening right now, they probably never heard about that. And I uh, think this is talk, uh, a new age talk, that the earth and all beings living on the planet are shifting into new level of reality, of love, peace, spiritual wisdom, and so on and so on, and unconditional and no judgment, you know, just goes on and on. And this is kind of corresponding also in religion, in the very fundamentalist uh, religion, at least here in Sweden, you have all these different churches, the independent churches, and they have been speaking about, you know, Jesus coming back, and then he would come and pick up everyone who is, part of that church and like they will go up in rays of light to be with Jesus up on a different level. So it's basically the same way and new age people at one point say, yes, now all these extraterrestrials are going to come and pick us up and take us up to the fifth dimension. And then what we are going through though, uh, this, what we're going through is a cosmic change. And I'm, again, uh, not talking too much about it. But when people say, oh, when is the fifth dimension coming? I tell them, well, you know, I feel it's already here. It's already touching us. And those of a higher vibration and those of a higher frequency already live in that consciousness of love, of peace, of spiritual wisdom, of being able to fix and heal and create miracles. It depends on you, how receptive you are to this new energy. But those who represent the darkness, they notice this energy also coming in. And they go nuts. And this is what we have seen out in the world. Why does real evil, the evil has come out in so many people? Well, it's demonic evil. You've seen that. And this is why so many people have been fleeing from places where you have had that rising of the evil. But it's only because when darkness sees the light, it fears for its survival and starts to react. And this is the trouble now that we see in the world, that the darkness feels so threatened by the light coming in. 
that they start to try to and not only survive it, but to kind of get rid of anything that shines. But you know, the light is always the one going to win because the light has always survived. So this is happening and it's ongoing. So don't go and wait for you being saved by a higher dimension. Just relax and try to be part of this frequency. And and uh, relax again, again. <laughs> so, um, I uh, and what are dimensions again? Sometimes uh, I talked about dimensions. We have within us many dimensions, and I think the translation is from the Bible. And Jesus said, "In my Father's house there are many mansions." Does it make sense? But in my father's house, which is your body, there are many dimensions. And then it perfectly well makes sense. We are extraordinary beings. That's what I can say. Um, Here I have another letter from Emma in Orlando, Florida. And she writes this little note. Just finished your book. Wow, it's big. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, it is big. And one thing again, it's multidimensional. It has many levels. So if you have read it once, don't give it away or don't uh, lend it to anyone. Keep it close to you. And whenever you feel like it, open it up. And read a few pages. And I promise you, you will see something you have not seen before. Because it took you that one time to read through the book. To open your consciousness a little bit more. So now when you read it the second time, you will see more, experience more. And you will actually start to prepare yourself for this higher awareness is higher consciousness. So um, here she says, this is big. You seem to be able to use the white light very freely, but how can we, regular people, do it? (laughs) That's a good question, of course. I hear this all the time. It's in the book. But again, it's uh, very much with your mind, uh, cooperation, your intention. If you practice this and you feel or you put this thing in your mind, oh, Helena says that it's not very hard. Oh, it's so hard. I don't see in the light. I I cannot do this. Then, of course, you're stopping yourself. So just tell yourself, okay, everything is intention. If you want to have the white light with you, just decide, it's here. Now I took this deep breath and it just came right through me. Well, I've done this so much. What do you expect? I have practiced. I started to do this long before I knew there was a so-called light. I just put myself in this white light because it felt so much better. It felt 
so very, very much better. So you should do that too. And it's not that you see it, yet in your imagination you will see it. And as you know, I keep on talking about imagination, how very important imagination is. That's the beginning to further knowledge. If a scientist didn't have imagination, science would die. Period. And those scientists out there who say, oh, no, imagination is nothing. They're just like employees. They're just uh, employed people who um, uh, check out other people's results. They're not really the scientists I talked about. And then I have here, which is also very much all these things that I talk about now, all basics. You know, I talk about Lori, we wanted to know about diet, and I talked about the diet. Oh, yes, there's one thing more about diet before I leave that subject. That uh, How should I put that? Diet is important. If you don't eat, for instance, enough vitamins, or vitamins, as you say in England. Uh, if you don't eat enough of that, you will have some kind of deficiency in your body. And if you don't eat minerals, you will have a deficiency in your body. But then we have food sensitivity that sometimes, let's say you just cannot eat, you cannot lose weight. And you feel you eat so little and you eat so slowly and you kind of curse me because I said you should eat slowly. And, and then you may sit and stuff yourself with bread slowly. And now your body might happen to have a food sensitivity to bread because all and each one of us has a food sensitivity. It is not an allergy. It's a sensitivity that your blood has. It's the sensitivity to certain foods that your blood doesn't like. And that makes you swell up. And also when your food is processed in your body, it makes you fatter somehow than if it was not a sensitivity for you. And uh, I have a diet that uh, I give for free. You just have to email me at uh, Dr. Helena Info, Dr. Helena Info, short for information, Dr. Helena Info at yahoo.com and ask for the diet and I will send it to you for free. The thing is, though, that some of those things, they are very much in balance. Everything is in balance there. But still, although it's a good diet, I uh, must say that some of those foods that that for you might not be good could be such a good thing as a carrot or potato. And I can test that with you, or you can test it yourself. If you give me a call, for instance, and just say potato, I can hear from the energy of your voice that this is not good for you. And if you say, like, tomato, I say, oh, I don't notice any disturbance. You can eat that. And it goes on like that. But if you do the muscle test yourself and you hold the tomato, for instance, in your hand and you stretch out your arm and you have someone try to put it down. And if you don't know how this is done, look it up somewhere 
because this is a muscle test I think everyone should know. It's cheap and it's efficient. <laughs> you know, I'm very practical. So, well, you don't have to pay any money for that. But, uh, I mean, if you do the muscle test. So, um, that is the thing. Now, we came here to, um, and that is a little alarm for something, and I don't know why it's ringing. Maybe to tell me I was going to have the show. <laughs> I don't know, but that's little, that was half an hour ago when it started. So, um, here we have that another uh, question, and that's from Sven from Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, and he pronounces it, of course, Sven, with a single B, and I pronounce it like the American word, Sven, uh, the W. And he says, and this is so typical for Sweden, because I never hear this anywhere else. You said we are taken over by egomaniacs who rule this world. What is ego and what is maniac? Well, maniac, you know, is a crazy person. It's someone uh, who is actually uh, putting himself and his problems first. But uh, what is ego? And I don't hear any other nationality talk about ego as I hear it here in Sweden. I don't know why that is. But ego seems to be big here. And when I start to talk about spirituality, someone kind of stretches up and says, well, what about ego first? (laughs) And I don't quite get it with this ego because this is something that I don't think about. But ego is your sense of self-esteem, or how shall I put it, it is um, something that you feel about yourself. It's uh, it's not wrong to feel uh, that you are good at something, but it's not good uh, when you start to feel that you are better than anyone else. And that uh, you don't give the others any chance to be who they are. So you have to, you know, it's like he also continues in his letter here, what is the importance of understanding ego in business? And I think this was probably his. He doesn't want to be called a maniac because he's a workaholic. He said that also in his email somewhere. Um, But um, he he is um, some I wanted to know what is ego and I said to know that you are good is healthy there's absolutely nothing wrong about that because it's wrong when you start to say I'm not good enough and when you put yourself down don't ever put yourself down you are good enough so but it's when your ego is so big that what you say, that's the only thing that counts, and that you can say anything you want, and that you don't allow anyone else to chip chip in and do their share, and you don't appreciate their share, because if they work, you only want them to work so you shine even more. So you have to learn, you know, with your ego, to have a good ego is to share work and responsibility. And to be tolerant. Yes, 
be tolerant of all and everything and to put your higher self over your lower self because your ego can separate you your your self you know you can separate you from the light who is your inner self and this is just talk again so I go back to saying allow your inner light to shine in all situations and that is going back to the first commandment that reads you should have no other gods before me when you see translations in other languages it's sometimes you should have no other god before or next to me or besides me but i say here you shall have no other gods before me says your light and when you put that light first in any situation then there is no word like ego forget that put your light first and that is going to be fantastic commandment for you to remember don't put anything else if you have a problem if you have a sickness because what many people do they put that sickness first and they put the sickness in the place of the light the shiny light your god it's so we are so messed up you know if we knew the rules a little bit better and i also had this someone asked here and i saw that email added on the list of email but i lost it but someone said what religion do you belong to what is your background well my degree is in divinity but is that is non-denominational i am originally protestant like the original swedes all are they are lutheran protestant and that's a very easy religion actually it's no ceremonies and very basic and the churches are very you know not ornated not too much of gold or anything in the old days yes but nowadays it's very basic so um, that's who i am a, a protestant but i'm not following that you know i'm totally free i'm now the doctor of divinity I want to say I'm divine. Now I'm spiritual. <laughs> I'm spiritual. It means I'm free, free, free. And to be spiritual is to be free. You're not tied to any religion and you're not tied to any rules. Isn't that wonderful to have it that way? So um, uh, I wonder if I should do my meditation. I am not quite, you know, I have, I'm doing this from a cell phone. And basically, we were told from the beginning we couldn't do this from cell phones. But this particular new cell phone that I have, I think I can do it from this. And I hope you can hear me. And I'll go back and check myself if I can hear the show afterwards. It would be very sad, you know, that I have and have taken this telephone type on my cell phone and calling into America on it. Uh, but um, we have a choice how to create our life. And that is who your God is and who you're going to let shine 
your egocentric, your egomaniac you. But please, you're not. You wouldn't listen to my show if you were. But you can use that light to heal, to fill your dreams or to dream, to have a happy marriage, to have a good relationship, to have good friendship, to get over depression, to get over anxiety. You can. It might be shocking to a few, but it's there. You have a choice. We have been given the choice in spirituality. In religion, you don't really have that choice. You have to follow the rules. And that is what has been the big thing through the ages. You had to follow the rule of religion. Oh my God, you were killed otherwise. And this is the way it was. And they killed you in all kinds of horrible ways. So, no, that is not what God is. And so many of us have to, to realize that this is the way it is. So, I would like to tell you that you can contact me on my email address, drhelenainfo, drhelenainfo, short for information, at yahoo.com. I do consultations. Uh, privately over the phone or over Skype. There is a fee, of course. You give and I give. And what I do is actually channeled to me because I couldn't possibly have all that knowledge. And also, it's like my book, The White Light, A Limitless Reality, that you can find both in English and Sweden right now, in Swedish and in English all over the world. And on Amazon, you also have it as an ebook, And what you read there is channeled information. And it's multidimensional. And if you're interested in this kind of thing, read it. I mean that, read it. I think it will be really very, very good for you. So that is the basic thing about you. You are a spiritual being and you're also part of nature. And this nature thing, it's very, very important to know because what you see, the destruction out there, is just you distract for you. You distract the future of your life. And I don't think we understand it that way. I think it was Einstein who said, I think it was Einstein who said that if once the bees disappear, we have another three or four years to live. I don't know what that meant, but it meant that whatever grows out there would not be multiplying anymore. And as you have seen, if you drive out in the country, you notice you don't get all those insects anymore in the front of your car or on your windscreen. It's gone. It's kind of almost clean nowadays. And we need those little critters for our birds to live. So everything belongs together. Everything is a plan of that. And what we are seeing now, because of the greed of certain people, they're destroying the universal plan for our planet. It's sad. And that's why I'm a little bit 
you know, at times I have to say these things. It's about time that we wake up and not to put that false God called greed and materialism first. I like money too, and it can do so much good for so many people. And it has done so much good for me, you know, with all the books and everything else. But it's not what comes first for anyone. It's life, it's nature itself, and we're part of that. So now, begin to relax, and relax, and relax, and know that within you, there is a place that knows all and sees all, and that is your inner light, that is the truth about you. Yes, that is the truth about you. If you can hear the music in the background a bit in a while, it's even Halpin's beautiful meditation music from Gifts of the Angels. His, um, uh, his uh, CD that I love so much. Gifts from the Angels. Gifts of the Angels. So, um, I feel it really communicates with you in a very, very special way. So use that music for your own meditation. You take a deep breath. Now continue breathing in and out, in and out. And you go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper still. Yes, within you, there is a power. And that power is called I am, I am, I am, I am the light. And you feel more and more and more how this power is part of the one that you are. And you experience that feeling of warmth and love. In your chest and you relax, your body is relaxed, feel warm in your heart, you stretch your shoulders, you begin to fill up with beautiful white light, your eyes are closed, your body relaxed, and now in your imagination, Way, way, way up high, you see a star, and that star is your star, and it is speaking to you. I am your light. I live within you. You have within you an incredible power. It shines. Yes, it shines. It shines in the chest and and it rotates clockwise. And with each turn, each rotation, you feel more and more in harmony with something more, 
something more powerful, something beyond your limitation. And you take a deep breath. And you relax even further, letting go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. You are proud. Yes. You know who you are. You are a child of the light. You have power. You have powers to get well. You have powers to feel happy. You have powers to shine. You are so relaxed now. You just know who you are. You are a child of the light. And this is what it means to be created in the image of God. And you put that power as the number one in your life. So whenever you have a situation, if it's privately, in business, or out there on the highway, put that light and know that it is your very, very best friend. You love the light. Yes, you love the light. It is your very, very best friend. You take a deep breath and you go even further and further down within you. Just want to take a deep breath. And you have reached the level of shining light. You see green light. You see yellow light. You see white light. And it shines. The green light is the healing light that goes through your whole body. Yellow light is telling you who you are. The white light is the biggest light of them all, shining right over you. And you are in it. You love being in the light. It gives you strength. It gives you courage. It gives you hope. It gives you trust. I am the light. And now, slowly, slowly, when I count to seven, you are to come back to here and now. Number one. Number two. Number three. You shine. And you love that light. You trust the light. One, two, three, four, five. Take a deep breath. You love the light. And you open up your heart. One, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. And now you open up your eyes again. Yes. 
you open up your eyes to a new shiny world. That's why I made all the bells sound. <laughs> so I thank you very much for being with me today. And I'll see you next time. Thank you so much. And this is Helena Steiner Holstein. Email drhelena at yahoo.com. And my webpage is www.speakingtoyourheart.com. I also have another older site called Body Soul Connection. And the basic name for, for my Speaking to Your Heart site is activeail.com, which is the company name. Thank you so much, everyone. It was so nice to be with you again. It was a pleasure. And keep in touch. Send me little email, please. And have a wonderful day. Thank you. Goodbye.